right, so on the show we have Dr. Andy and oh, I'm gonna butcher your name. Is it is it Chen? Chen? Chen. Yeah, Chen. Chen. There we go. Okay. We got you on the show today. Man, I've been looking up to you for a while. I'm just watching all your Instagram posts, everything that you're putting out, and finally got you on the show, which thank you for your time. But yeah, if you want, how about we jump right into elevator pitch? Tell us who you are and what you do. Oh man. Uh, my you know, my name is Andy Chen. Um always say I'm just a kid from Queens. Uh, born and raised here in New York City, physical therapist by trade, um, and that's kind of how I honestly identify myself. I, I put a lot of value in my craft, and I'm the owner of Moment PTP. Uh, we have a practice here in Soho. I run Moment Education, which is kind of like a continuing education platform for coaches and clinicians, and we recently launched an app, which is kind of an educational and kind of training app mixed in, to, mixed in together called Any Moment App. And yeah, that's kind of the elevator pitch. We just help a lot of people in pain get back to doing the things they love. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, I'm curious how that app turned out. And did you develop yeah. it yourself or like, is that something you like outsource? Definitely have to outsource. Um, yeah. You know, there's only so many things you can learn and do and manage in a short period of time. Um, like recently, I'm like, damn, I have to teach myself like videography because yeah. I had a hard time finding a content creator that wanted to work at the pace that I was kind of working at. So I was like, all right, time to learn how to use a camera again. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's always tough, especially like, you know, running a business. I found that like, I, I wish I had more time. Like I wish I could have like all the time in the world and I probably would love to learn all the different crafts, but it's like, it's so much like just to go to school, like, you know, there's people who pay a lot of money to go learn how to develop apps. And it's like, I'm probably not going to pick this up from YouTube. Like that's one. Yeah. <laughs> that's one I probably can't get. <laughs> like, um, but no, man, that's super cool. Um, with the the app, like, yeah, if you don't mind, just kind of, I think it's an interesting concept how you're kind of talking about education and you're also like, is it like exercise programs on there or? Yeah. So for me, you know, we we're running our practice out of New York City in Soho. And it's in a very affluent area. And I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I need to be able to treat people that, you know, don't always have the money or the means to see me. So for me, the app now, it's two, it's a couple of things. We have the monthly tiered kettlebell training, monthly tiered um, barbell and dumbbell, which gets updated every month. And it's not like, oh, let's just throw some random shit on next month. It kind of builds on the previous month. Uh, we've got four different tiers for lower body foundations and four different tiers for upper body foundations. There's a Kickstarter program with three Kickstarter programs for kettlebells and one Kickstarter program for body weight. And Kickstarter meaning like, I'm confident in you doing this program with you having no experience. Mm -hmm. um, this month, I'm building one with the dumbbell. And this month as well, I'll be building one with uh, a barbell. And on top of that, there's just educational videos that you can watch me troubleshooting things, me explaining why certain things happen, uh, basic biomechanics stuff. So the goal, right. Originally was, I just think that this product in itself beats general physical therapy, and personal training. And when you look at it from a mass environment and like a very commercialized where things are standardized and they're kind of terribly standardized, mm -hmm. I think this beats it. But it won't be like a really good, you know, session like with someone like yourself or someone with me. It won't beat that real individualized attention, but it's going to get you like 80% there. And that's kind of what I was looking for. 
So now if someone comes in, like, hey, Andy, I really want to work with you, but I don't want to you know, use so many, so much money just to get to where I want to go. It's like, all right, we'll come in for an assessment. If I think you're fit for the app, you can run the app for a while and keep improving your performance and working on things that you need to work on while me giving you very specific things to add. And if you ever need an assessment, come back in. So instead of paying $250 a session, you could pay me 40 bucks a month after. And it's just as good of a quality and you get a ton of education on there. So it's pretty cool because I've got one person in North Carolina that I'm going to onboard onto it, which is like a lot of people that have joined it have mainly joined it just to see what's up, joined it mm -hmm. for some training program. But this person in North Carolina had a full meniscus there. I uh, did one session with them, went really well, gave him some things to work on for a couple of weeks. Next session, I'm going to give him some more individualized thing and then I'm going to put him onto the app. So I feel pretty confident that the app will get him to where he wants to go, playing pickleball. And mm -hmm. so I'm like, all right. I'm going to see how this trial run works, but that's kind of been the goal, right? Decrease the uh, cost for certain people that can't afford it. Yeah, definitely. No, I think that's super valuable, especially just the direction of things are going. You know, I think when I, you know, back when I was in the clinic and just, you know, hopping around from clinic to clinic and kind of seeing different people's like standardizations and, you know, double booking on the hour, sometimes quadruple booking on the hour, which, if you know, people listening to this, you know, you smile because you know exactly what I'm talking about. But that's like you have four people walk in the door or two people walk in the door and you have to do a treatment on all of them, like at the same time. And you'd be a bit overwhelming at times. Um, and I personally think that, you know, the the patient's getting gypped quite a oh, bit. Yeah, yeah 100%. Just like, you know, you might only get five, 10 minutes of half-assed manual therapy and, <laughs> you know, you don't get the full um, exercise experience that someone might need. But having something like that, it's like you can go at your own pace, take your time. You know, I'm sure you got like a, you know, some sort of feedback, like someone can send you some questions here and there. Like I would much rather someone go through something like that than some of these mill clinics out here that are just <laughs> sending people through. So I don't know. I, it sounds like a good way to kind of combat that a little bit. Yeah. And I, I find that, you know, not everyone needs a different endpoint. High end rehab, advanced rehab starts to look very similar for a lot of people. That right. beginning stages is where you really need to individualize it a little bit more, find that entry point. So once you can find an entry point and individualize it, then you can bring them on to something else that might be a little bit standardized where you're kind of creating these general qualities that most people need. Mm -hmm. And then and then that scales over time. And if you hit a roadblock, it's like, well, I'm still here for a one-on-one -on -one consult. And it's there's still a lot of things on the app that I would probably be running you through anyway, one-on-one. -on -one. So you're getting it right. at a way lower cost point. Yeah. Do you think that a bunch of these, like I think of like, uh, what's the big conglomerate, uh, like Athletico, I think that's a big PT company. Are you familiar with that one? Yeah, that's a more Midwest one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's like that one. I don't know which ones you guys have around you, but- uh, We got Spare, Professional, Ivy Rehab. There's a handful. Yeah. yeah, I think we have Athletico, Court Physical Therapy. I can't remember the out West ones, but anyways, I'm curious if like, I bet a bunch of that. That's like the next thing on the list is they're just going to start having like apps where you can just <laughs> get physical therapy from your phone and then like just book a session if you need like extra help or something. Like, 
No, I, I think a lot of things are just going digital and people are looking for options, especially like in major cities where, hey, I want to be able to just do my thing and leave, right? And, or like go into the shower and then go to work. I don't want to have to go somewhere else, come back home. Like certain facilities don't even have showers or anything like that. And I mean, sometimes in physical therapy, you're not even going to break a sweat. So that's maybe right. why they don't have a facility. But I, I think the convenience factor and having someone that you trust to deliver this, right? Because before it was kind of like, hey, I'm going to call this physical therapy clinic and I'll just see who picks me. It's kind of like you go to a bar, a new barber shop, and it's like, yeah, I'll take right. the guy in the corner or something. But now with social media, it's like you know you, you're delivering content, you're you're your own marketing agency, advertising, all of that stuff. And it's like I've been following Kyle for a while. I'm going to follow him. And I'm going to, I'm going to work with him as well. Oh, he just released a program. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to do his program. So it's all about kind of figuring out what your reputation is. And right. if you've got a good one, people are going to want to use your product. And I think there's going to be a lot of value in just building your brand constantly. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, just to be devil's advocate, like I have a buddy and he wants nothing to do with branding. He wants nothing to do with marketing. He just wants to work in a clinic and go rock climbing like as soon as he's done and like that's his that's his thing um i don't know it, it's a i think you and i have definitely have the entrepreneurial itch if you would and <laughs> like pushing that aspect but um i don't know it just makes me think about the direction that physical therapy is going and you know what it might look like in 10 years, you know, by 2030, what's this actually going to be like, are we going to, is it all going to be subscription model and a bunch of apps that are like diagnosing people and you just come, I, cause I remember reading this thing and it was talking about Walmart was trying to put like a kiosk in different, like er, within their area. So, you know, you go to Walmart and there's like the little eye section and you get the blood pressure cuff thing. And then there'd be like a Dr. Scholl's get your inserts. And then over here is like a physical therapy. Like it'll sit there and check all your ranges of motion. And then it would print off like an HEP or home exercise program for you. And that's like, it'd be like 10 bucks or something. I don't know how good it would be, but it's just funny to think that that's like the direction that a lot of this is going. I, I Everything is going to get automated, right? And it's just a matter of like, is your skill set something that can't be automated. Like if you're exactly. doing the same thing for this body part all of the time, well, that can get replaced really quickly by an Excel file, not even yeah. like AI, but it's kind of figuring out like, Hey, if you get really good at your craft and you're working with people that have seen multiple providers, multiple clinicians, multiple trainers, and you haven't gotten any results and they happen to work with you and you get them out of pain, the pain that they've been in for like over a decade, I don't think that's going to get automated anytime soon because we're still trying to put a definition on pain. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I feel like <laughs> fitness and PT rehab, all that, it's still a wild west. Like there's so much random stuff. Like, it, it's funny, like getting outside the bubble and I'll just get on YouTube. I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, I can't believe people are still talking about this. You know, like I can't, I can't remember half the ones, but it, it, you know, like deflection extension, you know, at the spine, like people are still arguing to this day about it. And it's like, man, like, when's this going to stop? Like, when are we all going to agree on something? There, there was like a, a, 
picture of Elon Musk that came out and he was like very extended upper back. He's yeah. like, oh, this guy can't even expand posteriorly. I'm like, how do we even know he's experiencing any kind of like discomfort, you know? Yeah. But it's like, that's kind of the thing. It's like you step out and there's like a bunch of people living with what we would label as dysfunctions. And they're literally putting us into different planets and doing crazy things. What do you think that you think that's just people trying to find ways to market or is that just kind of I, like, what do you think that is? Like, why do people do that? It's a lot of things, right? I think it's like if we can create a problem, and we mm -hmm. can sell a solution. It's wanting to put yourself as an authority, meaning like, hey, I know something that this guy doesn't know and he's a smart dude. So mm -hmm. it's like these things where it's like we're kind of like boosting our ego or like our perception of our, ourselves based on things that we've taken in the past, the courses that we've uh, had, the mentors that we've had. There's so many things that kind of come into play, but it's like kind of being open to yourself and like thinking like, why do I do? Why do I do that? You know, like that's why yeah. I try to stop putting content where like I'm judging someone else without the context right there's like no context in that picture like if you're posting something about your client you understand the context and you can relay the story elon musk might have just slept really bad that day and he's feeling a little tight and then normal pictures he's like perfectly fine or maybe that's perfectly fine for him as well right exactly i think it, i there's this obsession i think that our culture's falling into with like symmetry and perfection and you know, you got filters on everything now to like fix your face and your blemishes. And whenever someone sees something, someone that's just a different shape or whatever, like it, it just looks different. They automatically assume like it's not picture perfect. And I, I don't know. It, it's a weird cultural thing. I think we're falling victim to at this point. That's what, uh, Sapiens, have you ever read that book? Noah Harari, he's talked about that, where it's like the tough time to like live in today's society because it's so easy to compare yourself with someone else. Before, you can only compare yourself with people in your tribe. And now I'm comparing myself with like a millionaire, billionaire from like Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm exposed to that constantly. Yeah, it, it's hard. Well, even like back to the Elon Musk thing, like I remember someone was talking about comparing Elon to Jeff Bezos and how Jeff is on, you know, uh, like TRT and all these like different types of like testosterone things. And he's like, he's pretty jacked, whereas Elon's not. And they were like, Elon needs to get on something. Like, <laughs> I was like, man, like we're just throwing all this stuff out there. It's and it doesn't even matter like your age anymore. Like you can be young, you can be old, you know, big, small, whatever. It's like, everyone's always got something to say. <laughs> And it's the thing with social media, right? It's like, yeah, my right hip might feel a little bit higher than my left. Do I need to fix it? I don't know. I've been PRing for the past two years and I've gotten stronger every single year. I don't feel bad at all. You know, my one shoulder is higher than the other. Or maybe like I might have a slight scoliosis. I don't know. The fastest man on the planet has a scoliosis. I'm right. pretty similar to him. So when you're navigating social media and you're just like having all this information come to you, it's so easy to make yourself feel broken or so easy to make yourself feel like, Hmm, I should fix this, even though nothing is a problem yet. Right. I've had people that almost create symptoms. Like, you know, there, there's all those studies that talk about 
it's like if you think that you have a fever, you'll present with a fever. And it, it's like people will sit there and they'll go through whatever rabbit hole on YouTube. And next thing they know, they're like, oh, my shoulder's lower. There's something wrong with it. Oh, it's achy now. Like, you know, they, they sit there and they're almost like obsessive about it. And it's, I don't know. Have you had that experience like in the clinic where you almost have to like talk people off the edge because of social media? There's a lot of things, right? Like that we see in the clinic, but mm-hmm. I, I try to make it as logical as possible. And most of the time, I be- I usually believe what the person's telling me mm-hmm. because the people that we see usually get called off as like crazy. Right? Someone yeah. feels like, hey, this hip feels higher than the other. Um, this feels like I'm twisted this way. And if there's something happening orthokinematically, right, in the joint positions or their resting position based on their constraints that matches their story, then I'm going to help them one address those issues, but I'm not going to label it as something like a syndrome. I'm not going to label it as something like completely wrong with their body. I just label it as, Hey, you just have, uh, you know, some limitations in your joint range here and there, and your body's figured out some ways around it. And it's done that for a couple of years. Um, let's figure out a way to get that back and see if that makes a change that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So if I restore their joint range and they say, Hey, my hips feel pretty good again. Like I don't feel uneven. Well, maybe the perception was actually based on something significant. But let's say I restored the joint range of motion and everything feels good. And they're like, you know, my hips still feel uneven. Then you might have that talk of like, hey, you know, everyone's uneven to a degree. Does this feel like it's going to limit you from doing the things you want to do? So it's trying mm-hmm. to come at it with a more, I guess, neutral tone opposed to like calling something off completely or just saying someone or like just admitting that everything's a dysfunction. Right. I like that. And I try to do a similar approach. Um, I don't think I have said it that, that perfect. That was perfect, man. <laughs> um, no, it's, it's definitely a tough thing. I almost think we're like, especially similar to what like we're doing right now. It's like, because of social media, it can like create more problems for people. And then it's this market of people who are trying to just like calm everyone down <laughs> and like catch them and be like, it's okay. Like, we're just going to get you moving and you're, you're okay. You're not broken. You're not falling apart. Like, and it's a, it's strange. <laughs> That's the, for me, the number one thing during the first visit, I want to normalize what you've experienced and what you're feeling mm-hmm. based off of the assessment that we give you. And if that the assessment matches your story and I can change the assessment and show you how that scales back to your, your goals, your training goals, or you know, your fitness goals, your life goals, then I've got buy-in. Mm-hmm. And if I can do it in a way where you're not looking at me like, what the hell did this guy just say? That's even better. Yeah, 100%. You're not talking, throwing out acronyms left and right. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a, it's easy to use the same words has other people that you learn from like hey you're really shoved forward you're really rotated this way you know like mm-hmm. saying those kind of words that one we're it's very descriptive from that learning part but when you're actually applying it to other people you don't always have to tell someone they're very shoved forward or <laughs> completely rotated to one side right exactly it you know it there's a time and a place and i don't think that's something it, most you know, PTs, PTAs learn in school, you know, we just want to 
try to provide as much value as possible. So you just start spouting. I remember being fresh out of school and you're just like <laughs> spouting out every single thing you could just to like seem smart. It's like, I can't believe this person's let me work on them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's go ahead, man. No, I, I was, I remember very vividly, like one of the assessments, uh, one of the physical therapists that I was at the time, I was a student in the clinic in Atlanta. She couldn't find anything wrong with the person complaining of knee pain. So she wiggled the patella around and said, oh, you just got some patella instability. Thank God, spatial expression changes from like, just happened. You know, I just had knee pain. Now I got patella instability. It's kind of like that happens right. very often with, you know, we might say anterior pelvic tilt, and it might not seem like a very scary word to say. But when you look at the content that's being created on anterior pelvic tilt on social media, it looks, it sounds very scary, right? Mm -hmm. So it's just kind of making sure that we're aware of what that person's knowledge is and like how they consume information, where they consume information. Because I, I don't think I've ever actually said an anterior public tilt or posterior public tilt in practice unless they've mentioned it to me. Exactly. Yeah, no, I'm with you. And that's like, but I mean, a lot of people, well, I've also gotten to the point where I'm putting out content about it. And then like, I'm sitting there trying to like get clients and things. And so a lot of people mention it nowadays and just with the prevalence of social media, it's like, it's hard to, you know, not use some of those words anymore. Right. I just find myself using that stuff all the time. It's like, man, like this is normal, normal language for people now. It's the, uh, the algorithm game, right? If yeah. you can't get someone's attention, especially if you're creating content, then you might not be able to get as much leverage as you need in order to build a business or scale something for yourself. So mm -hmm. that's where sometimes like you have to be a little bit less emotional about what you put out. But at the same time, just doing your due diligence of like, hey, if I have a million followers, let's not tell people that their squat's broken unless they can do a bodyweight squat. You know? Right. Exactly. <laughs> Do you have a Pete, like, you know, a good tidbit of advice for someone who, you know, they're listening to this, they like to go down the rabbit hole of, you know, maybe dysfunctions, quote, I'm doing air quotes right now, dysfunctions <laughs> that they might have, like, what would you give, like, say a, a client or a patient, like, what's the piece of advice you would give for them? I would say that I like to label things as opportunities to improve. So it's not that like what you have is bad or harmful to your body. There's just low hanging fruits that we can improve. It's going to get you closer to where you want to be. Mm -hmm. And labeling it as an opportunity to improve just makes it a positive, right? That we found something. Like I'm happy we found this because if we didn't find anything during this assessment, I would have no idea what to do. But since there's an opportunity to improve on this, I know that when it improves, so will your function. And when your function improves, it's going to get you closer to your goals because I'll show you how this relates to that. Mm -hmm. And if you know the steps, if we're not just throwing exercises on a wall for the sake of throwing exercises on a wall, you know what exercises will lead to what exercises. And you can give people confidence in that. Yeah, that's the thing. That's the key, giving people confidence, restoring that, man. That's yeah. huge. I I kind of feel the same way about like social media, right? It's like, 
if someone's watching my content, they feel more, if they feel more broken, mm -hmm. I don't think I'm doing a good job or I'm, I'm not doing a good job with like the following I have or the, the presentation of myself that I want to put out. Like I want to make sure that when people watch my content, they learn something, they feel hopeful. And it's like, it, they realize that there's an opportunity for something else do right there's something better than the status quo currently right greg are you familiar with greg chaplin not familiar with him okay he you, you should give him a follow he's a good guy um i had him on the the show a while back but we always you know talk to each other on instagram and like uh, just the content that we're putting out there and that's one of the things he he's been talking about is like i'm not going to use like the f word anymore so he's not going to say the word fix anymore when it relates to some sort of, you know, postural thing, joint limitation, it's like just something to be managed. And we always try to talk about ways that we can present these things without them being in such a negative context, like they have been for so long. And again, just trying to like restore confidence, like, you know, hey, this, it might be there, like, we can recognize that. But it's, you know, not going to cause the wheels to fall off the car or, you know, you're not going to combust into flames. Like this is relatively normal. Let's do our due diligence, due diligence, sorry, <laughs> um, do our due diligence to try to, you know, see what's going on around there, you know, recognize it and then move forward, you know, get you back to lifting, get you back to doing whatever it is that you truly enjoy doing that you might have stopped doing because of this. And yeah, you should definitely give him a follow. I think I just, I, I think I just followed him on, on <laughs> IG, but I, I completely agree in a sense that like, I used to like coming out of school, like, oh, I'm going to identify this root cause of what's going on. And then mm. we're going to say goodbye to that sucker. But now it's like, hey, let's look at potential, you know, potential root causes. It's not just one thing. Right. And if these little things can give you five to 10, 10 to 15%, make you 10 to 15% better, 5% better here, 10% there. Then this culmination effect starts to happen where you get a more complete treatment plan. But it also puts the ball in their park of like, hey, like sleep is a big percentage of this. Like if you got shit sleep, this is going to take a little bit longer setting that expectation. Hey, if you're doing six hit classes a week, um, this might not be a good fit for us. And if, are you open to changing some of your workout styles, you know, things like that. So being able to communicate that in a way where people are like, Oh, wow, there's, there's stuff that I can manage and take control of. And it's mm -hmm. not that this one thing is like, it's going to be the death of me. Right. Like, yeah, it potentially could be this anterior book. So let's just say like you not being able to express the other movement is limiting you and to a certain degree, but there's also other things as well that's coming into play. So it's not like you're creating this like hypervigilance of like, okay, I always got to make sure I'm posteriorly tilted. Like mm -hmm. we know it's a little bit more complex than just that. Right. Do you think that some of these, you know, like chronic aches and pains, you know, low, low back pain, for example, you think some of that is more a result of just like overstimulation and like, in the environment in some ways or just people not being it, it, like modern society, I guess. Like what's your opinion on that? Since you said modern society, 
that's very different for me, right? Like modern right. society, one is very physically inactive. Right. So generally just getting someone more physically active is going to improve outcomes. Mm-hmm. Modern society in the U.S., like work-life balance is shit. You're overly stressed. And, you know, you can we can talk about kind of what kind of breathing patterns you start to adopt when you're overly stressed, right? When, the, when stress is chronic and how that might influence movement options. Um, there's other things like nowadays, most physical therapists is terrible. Most training is terrible. So you have physical therapy that's too easy and training that's way too hard because it's focused on entertainment more than actual results, you know, just lots of strobe lights, smoke screens, and, you know, as many jump squats you can, as you can do in a minute. And you're going to rest one minute and then we're going to go into tough jumps after. You're going to rest one minute, then we're going to go to full-on sprint for a full minute. So you got a, you got this crazy thing happening where the whole world is very inactive, overly stressed, have terrible options in regards to actually getting physically active because PT sucks, training's too hard. So then you go on social media and there's a shit ton of misinformation and that's telling you that you're broken. So mm-hmm. that's kind of why, in my opinion, like a lot of this stuff is happening. People just don't get the treatment they need and they think that they've ran out of options, but they've only tried really one or two things and they're just poor choices. Right. I like, yeah, it, everything's just as pol- everything's polarized, like especially <laughs> in 2022, man, like it's just, there's no middle ground anywhere with everything that we're doing. It's um, I, I, to kind of build off of that. Do you think there's a set, like what's your set threshold for someone to be not necessarily like doing the hit classes or, you know, that high intensity stuff, but like to stay out of the, to stay away from someone like you that in physical therapy, like what's the threshold someone needs to be fitness wise to like avoid say, um, you know, like a low back pain that's just show shows up out of nowhere. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like what can people do to kind of reduce the rate at what what they, and I I guess to reduce the rate and how they, or when they feel low back pain. Uh, I don't, I'm trying not to say the word prevent injury, but (laughs) what's your, what's your threshold that every American should be at and what should they be able to do to be good enough, relatively fit? Yeah. That's really hard. I would say that one, you know, you're going to feel aches and pains in places. So the first Mm -hmm. thing you should do, just be mindful of the fact that like these things happen, right? Yeah. And it's a culmination of a lot of things. It's not that your back's weak when you pick up the sandal. It's like a lot of stuff has happened to you picking up that sandal that potentially caused you to experience that. Um, and sometimes these things are completely random. If it wasn't a sandal, it could have been a suitcase. If it wasn't a suitcase, it could have been in the gym. Mm-hmm. So there are just things that we can't account for, and they right. just happen. Um, from a fitness standpoint, ideally, I like people to strength train two to three times a week. Um, aerobically, like, I think you should be able to run a 5k without, you know, gasping for air, just a basic three mile run, Mm -hmm. um, from a strength standpoint, like, I don't think this is like, I think everyone needs to be able to do a pull up or a chin up. I think everyone should be able to do, um, a decent amount of like pushups. Like I would say like 20, if you're not 20 for chemo is pretty like just like 10 to 20 push-ups, like solid push-ups and you're really good there mm-hmm. body weight body weight bench press 
one and a half body weight squat and then two times your body weight deadlift. And you can probably subtract like 0.25 to 0.5 for a female. And I think that's a very good general uh, thing that you can train for. And I think like a lot of people can get to without being hyper-specific. Yeah, I like that. I think that's a good little list. So anyone listening, take notes <laughs> and check all those boxes off, right? No. <laughs> no, and I, from, I like from like a like a skill standpoint, right? I think everyone should do something locomotor. I think everyone should be doing something plyometric and you should be throwing stuff. Yeah. Do you think a lot of people can just get that from a recreational sport? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The problem is, like, if you continuously play recreational sports, you're good to go most of the time. Right. But it's kind of that fallout, right? Like, our modern society is, hey, you're, you get to work. You're working as hard as you can early in order to climb the corporate ladder. You're climbing the corporate ladder, and then society tells you you need to get married at a certain age, have kids at a certain age. And then you push away your fitness for a while. Then you're, like, 40 years old. You haven't, you know weight trained really consistently haven't played sports consistently your buddy's like hey let's play softball play softball and you're like man my shoulders have to go to the doctor the doctor tells you got shoulder impingement or let's try physical therapy it's just physical therapy go back to the doctor get mri you've got a rotator cuff so it's just like this it's like it just keeps snowballing into things mm-hmm. that's kind of the problem like i think recreational sports you get so much good gpp as a kid hanging on the monkey bars, running, chasing your friends. You build all of these adaptations just so that you can sit nine to five at office for 15 years and have a very unhealthy lifestyle. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And and I would say too, just to build on that, uh, like a lot of people I work with who, you know, they, their fitness has lagged for five years, something like that. And they just expect in a month or two, it's going to come back it's like, no, like you got to make this long, like a longer duration. Like it might take you six months, a year to get back to truly like, you know, hitting that body weight bench press or hitting that, you know, some of these different goals that you're looking for running a 5k, I don't know, 5k's probably go a little bit faster than a year or six months, but <laughs> you know, like to maybe say like check off, uh, you know, most of 90% of what you said, it, it takes a while to kind of get that back, especially if you've been out of the game for a while. Um, but that said, it shouldn't deter people. Like this should be something that you hold on to for your whole life. Like that's, I think that's what I enjoy most about being online now is that I have this ability to really like see someone through all the way to like a fitness routine and then like push them. Like there's one lady I've been, uh, I was working with for, I worked with her for about a year. And she's like, okay, see ya. Like, I'm done. I was like, cool. Like, what are you gonna do next? She's like, I'm gonna go practice like gymnastic stuff. I was like, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> let's go. That's awesome. Like, and I see her posting her, like doing these flips on monkey bars and all that. And it's like, I helped assist with like getting her back into good shape and like going and doing things that are new and that she enjoys. Right. Like, that's what it's all about. I, that's like, like what you said is the goal. There are certain people that won't resonate with strength training or like doing things in a gym, but you can get them to a point where they find an activity that they can they enjoy and they can do it for the rest of their life and maintain that. Like that's amazing. Like I had a client, um, I was seeing him virtually. He was in Texas, and 
the orthopedist is like, hey, you need a double knee replacement. He's in his late 40s. So I was like, oh, wow. Yeah. And he had he had to hold on to the railing to come down and do all these things. Not, you know, what's your goal? Like, I want to play tennis. Like, my wife plays, my kids are playing, I want to play tennis. So I was like, all right, well, let's see what happens. Um, fast forward like three to four months, he's jumping, doing all the things. He goes back to his orthopedist. And he's waiting in the office for like 30 minutes and he's like anxious. He's like, I can't wait to tell him that I'm jumping. I'm going to start playing tennis. And the orthopedist um, sees him. And I think it might have been a different thing. How are you doing? He's like, I'm doing great. There's no problems. And all they asked him was, hey, do you need any more pain pills or anything like that? You're good? He goes, yeah, I'm good. Like, Can I talk to the surgeon? He's like, oh, he's busy right now. He's like, I just want to let him know that I'm doing really well. Like, yeah, we'll let him know. He's like, hey, a couple of months ago, you needed a double knee replacement, right? Yeah. Wouldn't the surgeon be like, wow, I really need to know what the hell you did to, to get there. But now he's playing tennis like five times a week. And he's got a couple of routines that he does. That I give him it's two times a week training to maintain everything that he's built. But that's the beauty of it, right? Yeah, like it's, being it's able simple. to get someone to do the things they want to do and maintain it themselves. Yeah, 100%, man. You know, like if that's just walking the golf course you know like with the bag or like <laughs> lifting heavy it's just whatever they want to do and that's what that's the beauty of it like that's what it, that's one thing i do miss about i miss working with people in person i don't know i'm sure having your own business you're able to like set up and do like everything exactly how you want um but at least like working in a clinic where you know you have like a head a boss or something like that they want things done a certain way like I love working with people in person, but being able to push them, not push them, but guide them through into like deadlifts and other movements and like fitness qualities and building that stuff up all the way from like, you're in a ton of pain. Like that's, that's awesome. I think that's so much more fun than just seeing four people at once <laughs> and trying yeah. to, trying to do some manual here and there and watching a couple of quad sets. Yeah. Sometimes that's what they need in the beginning, you know, but that's sometimes yeah. all they get for a week. <laughs> um, but no, I agree. There's nothing more rewarding than being able to get someone to start to visualize what they want their life to be. Mm -hmm. I, I also get asked people, you know, when does like that process start for you? Like it starts during a phone call, starts during the initial assessment because I ask them if you're, in the ideal world, you're not here having any pain. What are you doing and what do you want to do? I want to work towards that. Because when you ask that question, they start to visualize like what they actually want to do. Because they've identified that they just identified themselves as a person in pain. They haven't, you know, identified as something else for a long time. So it starts to get them thinking and visualizing something that they think is very powerful. And being able to take someone to that point. I'm a selfish as hell, man. Like whenever someone texts me or sends me a message or an email and like they thank you for that stuff, I'm like, oh, oh yes. Yeah. And it just reminds me why I'm doing what I'm doing. But there's no better feeling. 100%. I'm with you, man. What got you into physical therapy? Like what made you go that route? <laughs> um, I Long story short, I've, I've never been a good student, right? Um, kind of in college, academic probation twice. Um, just never cut it. I went from business to exercise science. Exercise science is really hard because I didn't have good study habits. So I went into psychology to graduate in four. The senior year of undergrad, I was 
we were we had a mixer with an LS Doherty and it was like mm-hmm. a daytime mixer. We we're just at this trampoline park bouncing around doing crazy shit. And I'm like bouncing, landing on my upper back, lower back, on the side, these crazy positions. Next day I wake up, I couldn't move. Like I was so stiff and I had numbness and tingling going down my right arm and oh, a little man. bit on my left. So at that time, I was kind of like just really into like just bodybuilding, powerlifting, doing that kind of stuff. I couldn't do any of that. So I went to see a physical therapist, Allie. And she's a sports PT in New York, Buffalo, New York. You're definitely not listening, Allie, but you changed my life. Um, she gave me just all the time of day, right? Like when I was there, most patients got seen for 30 minutes at least, and then 30 minutes on your own. I just remember one that first day I felt so comfortable with her. She was just really warm, inviting, super nice, and reassured me that things were going to be okay. Went through our treatment, and as I was getting better, I see Allie like light up. Like she's getting super stoked at the fact that I'm lifting weights again and doing the things I want to do. And I just remember one day when like I was just ready to go, and she was just like happy to know that I'm independent again, being able to go to the gym, do whatever the hell I want. I just saw that smile on her face and I just realized like, wow, she looks so fulfilled. She looks so happy. And I want to know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. So I had like 2.6 GP at the time. I was like, I got to be a physical therapist. So you cranked it into high gear and <laughs> yeah. got in. Nice, man. That's the, that's yeah. the way to do it. It's like for, I used to be very gung-ho about this. Hey, you can be a really good, you know, trainer and still uh, help people in pain and stuff like that. And I think that's definitely still the case. Mm-hmm. But there's something about being a physiotherapist where you just generally attract a lot of people in pain, mm-hmm. and you'll, you'll be exposed to a lot of these people that have had their life taken away from them. Right. I don't regret that for a second. Like I know it comes with a lot of debt. I know it comes with a lot of stress, health insurance sucks, and all these other things. But I'm like. There's no better job, in my opinion, than like helping someone get their life. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's like someone who's in true physical pain and like getting that to just go away. <laughs> like, it's crazy, man. Like, you know, it even in like a sniff setting, like a, a nursing setting or a oh. hospital setting, like it's crazy. I remember my one of my uh, clinicals. I worked in a hospital. And just like watching this young guy go from like being completely just like bedridden you know he's like 29 like i'm 29 now and he just was in a car crash completely bedridden and then over the course of like six weeks like gets all his strength back like all his pain goes away and he's like all right like walks out of the hospital and you know it's (laughs) like that's awesome man like that's like that's what it's about that's what people need they need that experience right i was working in, in my last rotation was one of the best rotations because I saw a lot of that. We were in the ICU. I remember this one gentleman we were working with. He had four like open reduction internal fixation like on his neck. He's neck fracture. Um fractured on his elbow. It was like weight bearing is tolerated. He had like contusions and all that stuff all over his rib because he went head first into a car incident. Jeez. Some stuff happening in his femur, like one leg was partial weight bearing. It was a fucking mess. Within a week and a half, and a decent amount of painkillers, 
this guy was navigating, like we were helping him navigate stairs with an assistive device, pain and us giving him like mod assist. You know, like he, he didn't do any corrective exercises. No. <laughs> just like, just gradually ramped him up to what he was being able to tolerate based on his like motivation, how he was feeling that day. But it's like, you get these experiences where people are, they're most vulnerable and they're quote unquote shit ton of dysfunction and we push them. Mm-hmm. Yet we come to let's say an outpatient setting or a gym and it's like these people are not nearly in bad shape and we're like freeze everything you're doing. You're five degrees anterior tilted and a little bit rotated to your right. <laughs> this is a disaster. How are you living? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No, a hundred percent, man. I completely agree. Like just the the intensity of physical therapy can be ramped up so much more. And it's, it's hard to, I mean, granted, it's always do dependent on the person and all of that. But I think too, it's just the, um, what it, your, like your vibe, your aura, like you're ready to go. It's the, you know, working. I think that was something that was nice, but the last clinic I worked at was, it was a sport. It's literally called sports physical therapy, shout out uh, sports physical therapy back in Seattle, but they, like having the word sports in front of it always helped because people were like, oh, <laughs> like we're going to work. And, you know, all the guys I worked with, like it was two D- DPTs, two PTAs, and then we had like four aides and it was just a well-oiled machine, man. Like people would come in <laughs> and we would just like knock them out. Everyone had the same mindset. Like, you know, we're going to be patient and kind, but we're not afraid to work kind of deal. And it just, you know, we got awesome results. It was Oh man, it was so much fun in that environment. But I think, you know, we had a, we had two squat racks in that clinic and it's like at the time, you know, I was doing my clinicals and it's like, none of these places around here have like a squat rack in the clinic or a leg press and all these different things. (laughs) And it's like, that should be like bare bone basic in every clinic, in my opinion, you know, like you need to have a whole set, like go up to 50 pounds of dumbbells <laughs> like we're on uh on zoc doc now that's something i added our facility to so mm-hmm. it's like uh basically like this app and site website that you can find a medical provider near you but i'm like scrolling through like kind of people that you can have access to and i'm like man all these pictures are sterile as hell and nice little white with little ties and i was like <laughs> one i'm like i'm gonna have my general picture it's gonna be me in like a black shirt and a gold chain. Then when they look at more pictures, like they're gonna see, I'm gonna add pictures of our facility where it's like more performance oriented. Like you're gonna see squat racks, you're gonna see these things. I see these people, they have that very sterile picture, and then they show their office, and I'm like, same tables with the recumbent bike and the arm, whatever thing you call it. And I'm just like, you gotta stand out somehow, right? Because like, let's say someone that's in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever age they are, but they want to get back to doing something active, everything looks the same. And it's like, then you see that one clinic where it's like, oh, they got squad rack. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go there. Like, I literally had uh, a lady come. Her daughter had an AC out there. She's like, hey, can you rehab this virtually? Because she was uh, referred by a friend. I was like, I'm not going to do this virtually because <laughs> – this is there's too much going on in the beginning post op that mm-hmm. I might not be able to pick up that might need a visit to the actual doctor or the surgeon again. But I was like, hey, let me, give me your zip code and I'm gonna look for facilities near you that I think will be beneficial for your daughter. 
And that was my criteria. I just literally found one facility with a squat rack. I'm like, you're probably going to go there because someone did it lift weights and you're going to be way better off than like the tip. Yeah, 100%. So to anybody listening and you're looking for PT clinics, make sure that you have a squat rack. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's nine out of 10 times. You'll probably get better care than a clinic without a squat rack. Yeah, 100%. Like you have to have that weight, you have to have that load or at least some, like, you know, they're at least going to work you to some degree. Like, I don't even care what they're really doing. Like you're at least going to lift, which is a hundred percent what you need. Yeah. And I, I kind of tell clients that all the time. They'll always ask me like, Hey, should I be doing bio? Should I be doing something? Should I be doing this? I'm like, do whatever feels good for you. I just need to make sure that you're getting physically active and you're handling the big rocks, the small rocks. Do whatever you see fit. If you don't like doing it, don't do it. If you don't like stretching, don't stretch. I just want to make sure you're strength training. I want to make sure you're being physically active and there's something tailored to you to get you back to doing what you want to do. For sure. When you started, I get like what ha- happened to like have you make that transition? Like what was that aha moment that you're like strength training in a physical therapy setting is like a number one gold standard? Like I have to do this for someone. I don't think it's the number one gold standard, but I would say like I made that transition in my head when I realized like some of the narratives still make sense, right? Like, mm-hmm. am I really putting someone's spine back in place? If I was with this little thrust and I'm putting it in their back, when that person gets tackled in the contact board, they're going to get crushed. Mm-hmm. Am I really, you know, breaking up some fascial restrictions? If I am, whenever that person that's doing Muay Thai gets kicked in their IT band, the IT band is going to disintegrate. <laughs> so it kind of got to the point where I'm like, okay, well, I know that doesn't work in a way that we think it works. I think there's still other things related to manual stuff that could be beneficial as part of a plan of care. But I'm like, man, if there's a certain demand that's required of this person to get to you know their goals, then I got to prepare them for that. And if, if you don't, then we're just, it's kind of like making sure you, if there's a risk profile, right? If I know this person's going to take this amount of force through their body and I've done nearly nothing enough to like kind of either prepare them for that or give them strategies that prepare them for that, right? In terms of movement and stuff like that. Maybe it's not loading them, but it's just changing some of their competency, some of their uh, patterns to maybe disperse stress more efficiently throughout the body. If I haven't given them any of that, it's like, they're probably going to come see me again. (laughs) Right. And then it's like, oh, I didn't do my job. Like, (laughs) you know, you got to kind of, yeah, I get that. That makes sense. Did you, were you like in a clinic like pretty early on that, you know, emphasized at least like some lifting type stuff? No, I I mainly lifted myself. And I think (sighs) that's why I kind of always went down that way. Mm -hmm. And Within, like, I think it was first year physical therapy school, I had, uh, I remember I had the injury myself, and my professor was like, you know, why do you have to lift that heavy? And that's all they told me. I'm like, okay. Um, it was just like, I had like four or five doing Paul's deadlifts, and then like, I got hurt in my back. Just mm-hmm. kind of felt it on the concentric part, and professors, why do you have to lift that heavy? I'm like, because I want to. And they didn't really have a solution for me to get back to what I want to do besides don't do that. I was like, there's got to be something else. I remember um, 
another professor was giving us a case study of someone that they came to the student clinic and they were like saying how this person started experiencing rib pain during a back squat and he pressed on the rib and manipulated the rib and set it back into place. Now they're good. And I'm just like, no way. That can't, that can't be it. Like that doesn't right. make sense. And then another instance where one of my orthopedic professors who's a PhD didn't know what a barbell was. I was like, all right, well, like there's definitely just something missing. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. That's and that's nuts. when I, I spent a lot of time in school reading clinical athletes. Mm, that's gotcha. kind of what really gotcha that makes sense man that's nuts he didn't know what a barbell was didn't know what a barbell was phd baby that's the standard do you think that pt is getting better like do you think we're going in the right direction like there's more i i mean i gotta ask like do you think we're kind of like getting people are starting to retire and it's like going in the right direction like the apta and all that I think the APTA, I don't think it's going in the right direction. We just got blood flow restriction banned in New York City, New York. And I'm like, what the hell? What? We need this full stop. I'm about to do some, um, you know, I don't know. I'm about to like open up the secret club where we do BFR training and you need an invitation only. You know? But in terms of like physical therapy, you know, getting better, I think what's happening is people are holding others more accountable, right? Like it started off with Yelp, where you get the rate of restaurant based on your experience. Now it's like Google reviews. So I think people are being held more accountable for their things, opposed to like before you really couldn't write anything. Mm -hmm. You could just tell your inner circle, like, hey, don't go to that place. They screwed me over. But now it's like a lot of authority or the perception of authority is in a consumer's hands because people are always trying to be that go-to person right i'm that person that knows a guy that knows a guy or like I, I got a guy for this i got a guy for this and there's so many so much of that coming on from society standpoint where it's like if you're the person that's a very accurate rater right like amazon reviews all that stuff like that you get these little fancy pins when you write these many reviews mm -hmm. that's just happening more so people are more accountable for what they're doing and I think word of mouth and stuff like that is becoming more prevalent because there's so much when something is so bad and like you continuously get bad service and you find out one person that provides a really good service, it's easy to spread that word down. Yeah. So I think that's the only thing that's really raising the standard school system still sucks. We're still studying to pass an exam on dated evidence on the board exam. Um, I think there's some schools that are doing it well, but for the majority most still aren't making the changes from a political standpoint that need to happen. Mm -hmm. But I'm not, there's professions that have been around longer than physical therapy. They still follow the same trends. 80% of people in any given profession are terrible. You know, 20%, uh, no, 10% of any given profession is very average. 5% is good. 4% um, is like excellent. And 1% is like, the people that have changed the industry. Right. So it doesn't matter what you're in. You'd be a chef, it's still the same thing. The standard of restaurants are still the same. A lot of them still close within three years. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. It's easy to get sucked in or, you know, very like myopic and look at like, oh, physical therapy, like it's it's going down the shitter. Like, <laughs> but it's yeah. it's just kind of when you say it like that, it makes sense. Like it's just kind of 
the direction everything goes in some ways, you know, it's, it's just business. Um, I, to circle back around, why did they ban blood flow restriction? <laughs> like, I have no idea. You know, I can, I can see the point for things like dry needling. It's like an acupuncture sport might be trying to file a lawsuit or something like that. EFR. I don't know. Who's you? Like, I don't know anyone else that uses that. Like, other yeah. than trainers, bodybuilders, like, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, I, that doesn't make any, we used it all the time. Well, so I will say this in Seattle, there was no, in the state of Washington, you can't do manipulations unless you have like, I think it's a nine month, um, like certification whole process. You got to like, look at x-rays, go work with like all these different people. It, it takes forever. And then you're not allowed to dry, like you can't dry needle at all in Washington. Um, and that's just because there's a ton of chiropractors and acupuncturists up there, but we had blood, blood, flow, blood flow restriction all day and we would use the crap out of that. But I, man, I can't believe that they did that. Like that, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I don't know what, what's going to happen if I'm trying to get it back. Like I should probably be more involved with these things, but at the same time, I mean, it's hard to be, it's like, yeah. you know, the same thing with modern day politics. It's like, if is me really speaking up going to make a huge change like you know i i still feel like a lot of there's still a certain percentage of you know people in the industry that are still thinking a certain way right they're still old school they're still around you know i think they're kind of they're starting to retire and there's going to be a new generation coming through but even then it's still i don't know I, I don't trust the APTA, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> yeah, I, I think they do certain things well, certain things that I do disagree with. Mm -hmm. But it's like from our perceptions, we're like, oh, this is a terrible job. From other people, we're like, they might see BFR something as detrimental. It's like, oh, good for them. You know, be potentially causing damage. I don't know. Everyone's got the, the, their own narrative and the way, their own way of perceiving the world. So it's like, I just try to think, I'm like, okay, I can see why you think that. <laughs> you know, like, I can see how you yeah. got to that conclusion. I mean, it can be painful. I get it. But <laughs> like, yeah. at the same time, like, you don't have to use as much weight, which is nice. <laughs> but yeah, exactly. Ah, I don't know. That's crazy, man. Well, um, well, Andy, we're hitting that, that point. Um, yeah, man. Hey, I really appreciate you coming on the show. I think that was a lot of fun. Um, if you don't mind, man, hit us with the socials, hit us with the products. Like what you got? Oh man. I hate to be that guy. It's like opening up the vest in a corner of the street. Like, what do you need? What do you need? <laughs> <laughs> um, on Instagram, uh, at dr.andychen, kind of where you'll find everything else. Um, we run, we have physical therapy clinic in New York city, but we treat people all over the world and that's more, um, fitness consulting <laughs> right and then we've got moment education which is will eventually be an in-person course as well but currently just a online mentorship and we open up every quarter and any moment app if you're looking for some training looking for some education some knowledge a little bit of everything that's kind of all we offer and i think that's all we're going to do for a while so i don't want to create anything anymore <laughs> yeah i hear you <laughs> Well, cool. Thank you for that. Um, I'm definitely going to check out that app myself. And yeah, again, appreciate your time, man. We'll, uh, we'll have to bring you back on sometime. Likewise, man. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you all in the next one.